Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to this week's edition of NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Wes Johnson from California, Cody Spears from Texas, Jason Bowen from South Dakota. We're going to go through some NFL topics this week. You know the drill. Uh, among them will be what's most likely ha- uh, to happen to Baker Mayfield, a trade or a sit-out for the 2022 season. We're going to predict the years and money of Justin Jefferson's next contract. We'll spitball who might have the worst record in the league in 2022. And then uh, towards the end, predict the NFL MVP from the panel. That's on the docket. First, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, all the latest fighting news, and even uh, the NFL prop bets and futures for next year or this year, depending on how you look at it. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAV, that is BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. NFL Trend Zone, we are back on a Wednesday night, and we've got about five things to talk about. And I know I've asked this question, at least brought up the Baker Mayfield topic, but it won't go away. Uh, I think there has been about three credible sources, Jacina Anderson, uh, Aaron Wilson from Pro Football Network, and one other person from Saints Media, I can't remember, Michael something or other, that seemed to indicate that a Baker Mayfield and Seattle Seahawks trade is imminent. Um, whether it happens, we shall see. It would make sense um, because the guy is shown when healthy, you know, he's a top 18 starter in the league. Uh, we shall see. But I want to know, and I know, I think I've asked Wes this question several times, so uh, forgive me if this is too repetitive. Is it more likely, Wes, that Baker Mayfield is traded to the Seattle Seahawks or that he sits out for 2022? Um, I think he sits out. A um, couple factors at play here. Cleveland obviously would like to move on from him. Uh, whether that happens or not, I don't know. I don't believe that they outright release him. And... Seattle has to be a buyer in this situation, which I'm not certain they are. I believe that they are content with rolling with Drew Locke and Geno Smith uh, as their de facto QB one A and one B. So I I think Mayfield sits out, uh, heals his shoulder up a little bit, and then hits free agency next year and hopes to find a situation that he can at least compete for a starting gig. So if he's his agent, he sells that he didn't play in 2022. He comes back, probably will get a prove it contract. Do you think it, it will be okay. Where does Baker sign? Where is he going to start? Or will he truly go into like a battle with a, a rookie or something? Uh, does he basically need to get the injury stink off of him? Right. Right. I, I think he winds up in a spot where 
it's I, I don't know if he wants to go to a, a situation with a rookie. Um, the good thing about him being a free agent is he will have some control over it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to say what the quarterback landscape will look like next yeah. year. Uh, I know the quarterback prospects coming out in the draft are a lot better uh, supposedly than this year's. So it, it really could be, it could be a Atlanta. It could be, um, man, I, I really don't know where he could end up. Maybe a, a Green Bay even. Maybe he goes yeah. to Green Bay and, um, you know, learns under Rogers for whatever he has left in the tank. And then um, we never get to experience the, uh, love experience. <laughs> I think that when you talked about who knows what the market will look like in February and March, I think that it's a new normal to have a carousel every year. I think that not necessarily like a Russell Wilson trade every year, but I think that every season we will have a show in March discussing, all right, where are these 10 quarterbacks going to go? I think that is the way it is now that the league is so quarterback uh, driven. That's just my take. So Jason, you probably don't want to see Baker in Seattle, because you want to see Lockett and Honest to goodness shot. Maybe I'm wrong there, but correct that. And then let me know, does Baker sit out or does he get traded to Seattle? Well, I think, first of all, I just want to say it's good to be back on here. <laughs> it's been a, foremost, been a month for you, my friend. Almost. It seems like it for sure. Um, I, I'm probably giving the Seattle Seahawks a little too much credit at the top, but I don't think that they were ever ready and willing to compete this year. And I think they all know it. And I think they're gearing up to get DK Metcalf paid. Okay. And I think that they're going to let the chips fall where they may, and they're going to play it off. Like they want to be competitive with the quarterback conundrum, uh, i.e. Denver last year um, (laughs) to make it seem like that. And I think that they're going to gear up to take one of the quarterbacks in next year's draft, get him on a rookie deal, have his receivers in place and look ahead that far. I think that this season is already a complete wash. I think they know it. Um, I think they have accepted it. Um, You know, that explains obviously the unloading of Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner. Um, (laughs) But but again, no, that's me giving the Seahawks brass a lot of credit to, to look that far down, have everybody on board with it. Um, because in order to get one of those quarterbacks, you're going to have to be pretty bad. I would imagine, but there's a good three or four of them next year that are going to be good. Six, yeah. I maybe think six in the, maybe first six. Round. Yeah. Wow. So I think, I think your, your theory, your strategy here also <clears throat> enables the ownership to get rid of Carol. You know, if they go three and 14 or some shit, I, I think, think you're right there yeah. too. Yeah. Cause it, it, it Probably you're in a yeah. different kind of offense, you know, kind of go toward that direction without, you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it kills a lot of birds with one stone. I think, um, while all while trying to remain somewhat competitive, I don't think Pete Carroll has a whole heck of a lot of say in that organization. Yeah. I think anymore, anymore. I think he might've also been somewhat on the chopping block this year, but somehow convinced yeah. them one more. So Cody, if you, if you browse Twitter, not that I browse Seahawks Twitter, but I think there's some credible Seahawks pundits that are convinced they're a Baker Mayfield away from being a playoff contender, at least a 
10 and seven type team. So a, is that hogwash B does he get traded there and C if not, does he sit out all of 2022? Well, I definitely don't think that he sits out. Um, I actually didn't think that was a possibility until uh, I saw the topic. Um, but I do think the only way Mayfield is missing games this year is from getting to Seattle too late or due to injury uh, with himself. I think he'll get traded once uh, training camp rolls around and there's pressure to get him in the building and start getting to know people. Cause I mean, you could already see that pressure building this week and it's still June. Okay. Uh, possible once training camp happens, coaches who aren't happy with their quarterback situation, whether it's from, someone getting hurt or maybe their performance um, may put pressure on Seattle to make a move before they do. But I do want to touch on, I don't know if Pete Carroll, is he someone who can tank? Is yeah. he going to be, I mean, this guy is ultra competitive. Yeah. One of the, one of the, he is the oldest coach in the league, mm-hmm. but I mean, this guy is always trying to win. Um, would he yeah, be but happy? That, but, signing? But I hate to interrupt here, Cody, but <laughs> Did you see what they did last year? That they just don't have the talent to win. Is the thing? Oh so, yeah, no, no, I completely yeah, agree. And, and that's that's so, that that plays into the what the Seahawks brass wants. He'll be on the sidelines looking what you just described: ultra competitive, yelling at people, galvanizing the troops. Yeah, but it will be to no on. avail. For sure. Yeah, and is he going to be happy taking the fifth best quarterback in the draft next year, or is he going to be? Is he willing to be bad and gun for first? Uh, I mean, there's going to be a load of quarterbacks next year. So, I mean, they could have their pick or I think it just might come down to Pete Carroll. But then again, like you made a point that he doesn't he probably doesn't have much say in that building anymore with the way how everything's gone lately. So you you seem like you're the anti West here. Um, You think it's a foregone foregone conclusion that he'll be traded. And Wes seems to lean towards that. He's going to be sitting out. I was actually surprised to hear Wes say that, Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know if he'll go to Seattle. I do have Jimmy Garoppolo maybe going to Carolina, but Baker Mayfield, I think he would be great in Seattle. He, he fits exactly, you know, that type of energy that they build around and that team has shown that they thrive on in the past. I think so, the, I only, mean, the, the only debate to have, if you are whoever the, general manager is at Seahawks is to Jason's point, because if you trade anything for Mayfield, um, you're basically committing to him because he is a starting caliber quarterback and that's your guy. And he, for help, for God's sake, he was a first overall pick four years ago. And that might, I mean, if you're, if you're too good, you go seven, 10, eight, nine, then you're not going to get one of the monsters of rock quarterbacks coming out of the draft class. And I think that's the risk. Possibly. Uh, do you remember when he signed Matt Flynn after that monster game against the Lions and mm-hmm. he signed him to all that? I mean, there's a good amount of money they took an L on. And I don't think Matt Flynn even opened the season as a starter. So I think Pete, Pete Carroll, he, he might not care that he signs Baker Mayfield and makes that commitment. He might turn around and take that uh, quarterback in the 20 spot, because even though there's six first round quarterbacks, people are talking about six first round quarterbacks going in the top 15 picks. How realistic do we think that is based on how many job openings are there even in, in the NFL? Well, there's going to be another job opening when Pete Carroll gets the ax though, Cody, you I act did, like he's, I did I, hear something about him having a coach in training and it might be a transition. Yeah, It won't matter the, what Pete Carroll wants. So no. true. You do have, you do have a point on that, but I do think that it's going to be, it might be, you know, his last season. Cause I do think they have, I read something about them having a coach in training 
And, you know, that could play out perfectly to where he could kind of take them through to this next rebuild, kind of like Ozzy did with the Ravens. As a GM, though. So on um, Matt Flynn, um, (laughs) I remember this so vividly because uh, so off air before the show started, we were talking about our various recoveries from alcoholism and some of you drug fiends on the show. Uh, But during the 2012 lead up 2012 season was my like, I didn't know at the time, but it was like my final couple of months of drinking every single night. And I remember, and I wasn't employed. uh, I was watching all of the training camps more so than I ever had. And they kept saying that was Russell Wilson guy from Wisconsin is going to be the start over Matt Flynn. At the time, Matt Flynn had been paid. I think it was like three years, 20 million, which was a big, a big sum 10 years ago. And then, yeah, he never started a game for the Seahawks. So, you know, he totally took them for uh, about 20 mil or however much was guaranteed to that. So, all right, well, we're all over the board here on Mayfield, um, sure. but, but that's how, that's how it goes. Yeah. Wes, what do you got? Uh, for Mayfield, though, he he does have nearly a $19 million cap hit. Uh, Seattle has uh, about $16 million in cap space. So uh, does Seattle cut some players or, or use them to trade for uh, a quarterback just to fully cap them out? I, again, I, I think Baker stays put. That is, that is a little goofy. Another thing that's weird, I know that Watson's deal from Cleveland is structured in a slimy manner, like getting a dollar in 2022 or whatever it is. But it's weird that we're talking about having a $19 million quarterback and a $230 million quarterback, and it doesn't feel at all like the Browns have cap problems. Isn't that bizarre? Right. Like right. you have that much money in like per average annual salary going to the Browns quarterbacks and everybody's like, Oh yeah, they're in good shape. They'll be all right. Yeah. And only, and they were calling only one of them an immature and with poor character too. <laughs> yeah. Not the one you think. And the Browns still have the most cap space at 42 million. See, that's yeah. I mean, you take what I just said and throw it out the window because that makes it even more bizarre. Like, yeah, yeah that just shows you how, how, how manipulative that first year of the Watson contract structured uh, especially since they probably know he's going to be suspended for an ample period of time. Mm-hmm. All right, let's stay on the money topic. Uh, Cody, you're probably one of your favorite players. Justin Jefferson uh, is likely to start contract talks about eight months from now. Now, the payday won't set in until the beginning of the 2025 season. However, with uh, with Christian Kirk setting the domino in motion and every wide receiver who's worth salt getting paid 20 plus million dollars this off season, Jefferson is inevitably salivating somewhere. So I want you to predict his next contract. Let's assume it's signed next March or April uh, at the time. What's the years? What's the money for Justin Jefferson? So I definitely expect uh, the salary cap to rise again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did rise by 25 million before this last season, or I mean this off season. Um, so with it rising, the hit on his deal won't be as tough to swallow as it would be today. With that said, thinking he gets something like five years, 200 million, uh, coming in at an average of 40 million a year. I think that we could have some contracts get in, uh, under his before he sets the market, but, um, he's going to set the market no matter what, no matter when he signs it. So hopefully they get it early like you were talking about and it's not a year after that because then that i think that it could possibly hopefully not play out that long but uh right now tyreek is at the top of the market at 30 million you get a couple more contracts after that for some other receivers and you're pretty close to 40 million a year 
but uh, I don't think he makes it out of the building for sure. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was throwing a haymaker with five years, 175 million. Um, it's been so weird in the past month or so. You know, folks are saying, "Oh, yeah, Jefferson's going to get 30 million a year." I'm like, well, that, "That's going to be the baseline." Yeah, for talk. That's that's where we're starting at. And like you said, I also had five years, 175 million, and yeah. I did the average, and I was like, 32 million a year. Mm. Yeah, I don't know about that. Wes, what do you got for Jefferson's uh, first veteran contract? Uh, I have five years, 125 million with 75 million fully guaranteed. Um, I I couldn't find it, but I I think there's something to do with um, the age of the wide receiver as well. I, I, like the Tyreeks, the Devonte Adams, DeAndre Hopkins. I think they're able to. Uh, absorb a higher yearly average due to uh, being slightly older. Um, a comparable, I think, for Jefferson would be AJ Brown, who signed a five-year, hundred million dollar deal with the Eagles with uh, fifty-six million fully guaranteed. So uh, that's where I kind of did the baseline for my numbers. So, are you saying that there is some sort of rule, or there's some sort of unspoken thing where? You're not getting a giant deal until you're 27 or 28. I thought there was some kind of of deal because I was looking at similar age guys. DJ Moore is another one. He signed for, uh, I think, a three-year deal, $61 million. Um, and most of the young guys I saw on the wide receiver list, um, like A.J. Brown, he should command kind of – uh, near top dollar for um, his age and his skill set. Uh, obviously, Tyreek and Devontae Adams are uh, the upper echelon uh, of the wide receiver group, as is Justin Jefferson. Um, but A.J. Brown is arguably right there, um, similarly in age um, and coming off of his rookie deal. So I, that's where I was kind of looking. Um, Tyreek and Adams are on their, uh, or coming off their second deal into their third. So I, I think something has to be said for that. Um, I mean, if Jefferson gets paid higher than all of those guys, then, you know, throw that out the window. But I, I think there might be something, um, similarly to how the NBA structures it, where, uh, like service years, mm-hmm. you can bump up into this um, this bracket of contract. Yeah, because they <clears throat> isn't it kind of the adage that the NBA drafting team owns a player for seven years? Pretty much, yeah. If they want him, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, if they're able to swing five years, one hundred twenty-five million, they should go to his house tomorrow morning and say, right. and say <laughs> "Sign right here," because that would be that would be phenomenal. It sounds crazy to say, but the way things are going. Uh, but the the seventy five million guaranteed is, is the kicker in this one. Okay. Uh, currently, AJ Brown has the most guaranteed money at fifty six uh, million, yeah. fully guaranteed. Yep. Um, what, what's AJ's contract currently? Uh, five years, one hundred million. Five years, one hundred million. Okay. Yep, yeah, you can ask. I, I, yeah, you can ask any agent in the world about NFL contracts, and they don't give a shit about average annual salary. It's all about guaranteed money. Average annual salary exactly. is, is nice to tout and say, "My guy is." This paid 
but only thing that matters for the rest of your life or until they change the CBA and NFL contract is guaranteed money. Yeah, that's what goes into their pocket. Yep. Yeah, which is why like 125, I, I think it it sets him 25 million ahead of AJ Brown's deal, but uh, almost 20 million more in guarantees. So, yep. and the, um, every every quarterback and every superstar deal in the NFL is basically a two year contract. Yeah. Cause that's when the guaranteed money basically runs out. So Jason, you, uh, you're not in the Vikings orbit quite like these three gents are. What do you foresee for Jefferson's next deal? Well, I think it should happen from a Vikings standpoint. They should try to get this done immediately because, um, you know, after seeing some of his quotes recently and how exciting of a time it must be for that offense up there to have a have an offensive guy in there calling the shots. And and um, you, you got to believe that it's going to be more explosive than it was before, meaning he's going to be much more explosive than he was before. <laughs> and he was already I mean, we see his numbers. I mean, he deserves, in my opinion, to be the highest paid wide receiver. Um, now, what that will look like in terms of a yeah, I mean, gosh, I mean, what do you do? He's going to be, he's on his rookie deal now, right? So he's going to be, what is he, 23? Yep, just turned 23. 23. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would, I got, I could see him. I, I, I don't know about the, about the five-year deal. I mean, I could see a shorter deal, much more guaranteed, that's going to ink him the highest paid annually. Um, and kind of like a cousin's deal almost <laughs> that first one he signed, yeah. you know, I mean, it was the first of, of that nature at all. People forget about that. Kirk cousins had the first guaranteed contract mm-hmm. ever. Um, technically he is on like an eight year guaranteed contract, <laughs> but, um, with his franchise tags and everything, but everybody went nuts when the Vikings did something like that. And I think it paid off for him. I mean, he was serviceable. He did everything they asked him to do. I don't think it's that out- outrageous for the way that the wide receiver market is going, how much they're getting. I mean, he's certainly way better than anybody else that signed recently, in my opinion. So why wouldn't you say, Hey, get, all right, this is what. 80 million, 65 million guaranteed, something like that. Three-year deal. Then he can re-up again when he's 27 and do it all over again. And he'll be able to do that. I I don't know. I I mean, I I just think so far out the box. I I don't fully understand how NFL contracts work (laughs) other than, you know, the guaranteed money is all anybody cares about. So, I mean, without how outrageous this offseason has been with the wide receiver position, why wouldn't you ask for a fully guaranteed contract? Mm -hmm. I know receivers get hurt Mm -hmm. a lot more than a quarterback does typically, typically. And that's probably what, what would prevent that from ever happening. But you never know. You never know anymore. Yeah, I think already with what he's shown, he can get pretty much whatever he wants. I mean, right. I, saw, I saw this quote earlier. I decided to write down, uh, you could draft four times for the next four years in the first round, pick four receivers, and none of them would be as good as Justin Jefferson. And that comes from Kwesi himself. He said that at the draft. So, I mean, it just goes to show they know exactly what they got. And he went on in that story to talk about how he's he's part of the reason why you come to places like Minnesota is to work with guys like that. I mean... Justin Jefferson has Minnesota all wrapped around his finger. And I don't think there's anybody who would disagree with that anywhere. Thanks for tipping me off, Wes. I'm going to have to look into that to figure out if there is some sort of um, 
rule or something because it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. They, there doesn't look to be an official rule, but there might be an underlying rule. Um, I just quick looked up as well, and it sounds like a lot of people are predicting 30 mil a year for Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as we've been discussing, I, I think uh, the guarantees will play a large part of it, especially with uh, Kirk Cousins operating on a fully guaranteed contract ownership already seems to be comfortable with it so i i I guarantee a large portion of that contract will be fully guaranteed yeah yeah i think so make it all guaranteed (laughs) yeah why would you yeah the uh and for vikings fans remember too that conveniently and strategically adam thielen's contract is set to expire when the jefferson money will kick in that's Mm -hmm. when they restructured it this year it's lined up until so that and by that time Thielen will probably be done or really close to the end. And then boom, you start paying Jefferson the big bucks and you go draft to hopefully find a, a compliment. Let's uh let's transition into some <clears throat> team aspect. The NFL season is what uh 75, 70 something days away. And I want to know, uh, I'll start with Wes. Tell me which team will have the worst record in the league. Uh, so there are a few to, to choose from that could be in the running um, for worst record. I settled on the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they will have the worst record. They are in a tough division. Uh, they have a roster that is extremely lacking top-end talent. Um, they drafted you know, a, a tight end in the first round last year, which Usually, good teams spend a first-round draft capital on tight end. Now, Kyle Pitts is, you know, otherworldly, and I I do think that um, he will help morph and change that position uh, yet again. Uh, but they they followed it up with uh, drafting a wide receiver in the first round this year. So I mean, uh, the they're drafting positional talent without really having anything else on the roster um marcus mariota is in is slotted in for quarterback and i i think he will do fine there but with um their division with the other teams that they play they they play the nfc west and the afc north this year uh those are two of the tougher divisions in the NFL, uh, those teams in those divisions are not going to overlook games that they should and need to win because of how competitive their division is. So I think with those aspects at hand, uh, the Falcons will probably finish the season with the worst record. Jason, which NFL team is the worst and will hence have the worst record? You know, I God, I hate to hate to agree with somebody on this. I always like to go out of the box, I, but I'm going to stick with the Falcons as well. And it was for me, it was between them and the Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I I just don't know what the Bears have done to 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 get any better. Uh, probably it's going to take you know getting rid of their coach was a good thing, but uh, it's going to take them a minute, I think. Um, so I I got it between them two, but. But certainly the Falcons for for pretty much the same reasons that Wes just alluded to. Cody, hit me with it. 
Uh, well, obviously, Falcons are going to be the worst team in the league. Uh, but I also have the Bears as well. I think they're both going to duke it out for the first overall pick. Both issues stemming from their offensive line. I'm not sure the offensive play caller for either of those teams is good to mask it. Um, you got Atlanta over here with Patterson at running back providing a screen threat, but I'm not, he's a wide receiver trying to run between the tackles. And you're supposed to ask that to support uh, Mariota, who people are saying that a third round rookie might come in and take his job and he's <laughs> going to be okay with it. So that doesn't inspire confidence in me at all. Um, and then you got the Bears who have better talent than they're giving credit for, for sure. Uh, I'm probably more of a more optimistic on them than most, but the right side of their offensive line has too many D- D- Dakota dozers to pair with, possibly the worst right tackle in the league. And I mean, neither team has competitive enough defense to compensate for that. The Bears are pretty good, but Dozer uh, is out for the year. How is he really? I think it's an ACL. That might be oh. an upgrade, but no, uh, honestly, good recovery on him. Uh, hopefully he comes back better than ever. <laughs> I think, uh, so my little cautionary tale is leading up to the 2020 season. Uh, I was pulled into a lot of arguments about Josh Allen and I statistically proved to people that he wasn't that great. Like he wasn't very accurate, yada, yada, yada. And then he went out and became an MVP candidate, like, months after I had lifted up how poor he had played, at least in terms of some fundamentals. So you better I, not do that with fields. Yeah. So I'm hesitant. <laughs> I'm hesitant to write an obituary on a young, inaccurate quarterback because Josh Allen taught me a lesson. Now I wasn't saying that Allen's going to suck. I never once said the dude is a chump. I just said that to bills fans, like he hasn't been that great. And then of course they took it to be vindicated. And so now I just, I watch my mouth when it comes to young quarterbacks, because sometimes they don't uh, unleash right away. Like Herbert, Holmes or Burrow. So uh, the Bears, a reason I didn't pick them, even though I was tempted to, is because <clears throat> there is a scenario where Fields actually looks good. Now, I certainly believe it when I see it. Um, but uh, I'm going with the Texans um, because when I look at their roster up and down, I I, I can't find th- glimmers of hope. And uh, I talked to Paul Charchian about a year ago, and he was unusually high on Davis Mills through about week eight of the season was telling me how much better he was than Kellen Mond and all this. And so Charch knows what he's talking about. Um, but still, I just don't think the Texans have the the firepower and eh, I don't know. The Falcons is, is tempting too. Um, but they also, to me, if they're going with Mariota, they feel like they're in a transition year, even though they have is this corrals who went there. Uh, Desmond Ritter put some respect Desmond on Ritter, his yeah. name. <laughs> Well, here we go. <laughs> uh, Ritter, yes. Speaking of uh, like, putting respect on people's name, I was going to tell you if Baker gets signed or gets traded to Seahawks, you better drop Drew Brees and go get. <laughs> I totally would. I'm over here thinking, well, Wes isn't going to dra- draft Baker Mayfield in our draft. He doesn't even think he's going to play. So I'm yeah, definitely I mean, going to take I him. I still don't have any clue how this is working for you guys. You got? You don't have Brees on your roster. Yeah, no, you no, not anymore. Team. Not anymore. It was 20 that team, was- right? Yeah, it was a twenty team. I forgot who I, I forgot who I picked up after that. But Westbrook took advantage of that. He went and picked up the player I dropped, Tyler. So what is also a big fan of? What actually goes on in this league of yours, like right now? Anything? Man, not much right now. You just you could just kind of pick and. Although a trade just went down for DJ DJ Chark, and I knew I should have hopped on it. He went for a super late pick. Oh, it was a face. So you just keep the same team 
year after yeah. year and kind of yeah. just, you get- just keep adding rookies to it. And we go through 200 rookies and on average, there's like 260 something rookies that are drafted. And then we're talking every position, defensive line, defensive tackle. So we're talking, you know, I'm over here trying to get Dane Belton, a fifth round <laughs> safety for the giants and me and, and Wes gets them ahead of me. And I, <laughs> <laughs> but we're actually about to do another draft. I'm sure y'all will hear some about that as well. So you you get points for like defensive tackle things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, tackle sacks. We have it pressures. sorted out now to where you know, like the best linebackers are kind of up there with the quarterbacks and stuff like that. Wes and I are actually starting a, a IDP league, but it's a 12 teamer, so there's it's not going to be as intense. But I do want to say none of us put Seattle for the worst record in the league. So does that mean we think that they're going to do better than they should? They, oh, they were I, my second. I don't, second. I don't think they're going to face plant um, mainly because of your rah-rah speech about Carroll. I think that his, his, his bottom floor to me is about, I guess, five and 12. Yeah. Yep. And, and so I don't think that'll quite get the number one pick in my opinion. I think, yeah. I mean, you can get a great quarterback all over the draft next year. I mean, y'all are going to be blown away. I did a, a Debbie draft, which is um, where you're drafting people who are signing with college teams. So like next summer, everybody's going to be fighting over Archie or the Manning kid that signed with Texas. Arch. So I've been doing a lot of studying on these next year's quarterbacks. And there was probably maybe seven that I would think could possibly go in the first round. But obviously the talent and the need doesn't match up with each other in the NFL. So they might not all go that high, but you could get a good one in the second round, kind of like you did with Derek Carr and Andy Dalton back in the day. Yeah, but what about what about uh, the Seahawks back in the day when they took Dan McGuire and Rick Meyer back-to-back drafts? Remember that? Those sound like wrestler names. Well, they, they, Dan McGuire looked like a wrestler. It's Mark McGuire's brother. What year was that? The coolest football card ever. This is when West was in middle school in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Dan McGuire, badass out of SDSU, San Diego State, and then Rick Meyer was with Notre Dame. There was a, <clears throat> I think West was around for this. Cody, you probably were too young, but there was a game. There was a stretch of the Vikings two thousand three season where the defense was bottom barrel. You know, they had like the stretch where they had like three reclamation quarterbacks on the docket, Doug Flutie, Rick Meyer, and some other asshole. And they all just ripped the Vikings to shreds. And Rick Meyer had like three or four touchdowns. And I remember, and then I remember the media was saying that he was, he's the next one to take the Gannon route. And I'm like, Oh, this was the Vikings defense people. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember it vividly. It was yeah. such, that's the whole reason I embraced the Zimmer era because I never had to worry about those defenses again. <laughs> yeah, but Rick Meyer was in the twilight of his career at that point. Yeah, he was, and I, I remember I remember that game. So it was like a self fulfilling prophet, self fulfilling prophecy where uh, the Vikings defense was playing so bad, and then I was like, I bet you Rick Meyer is going to come in and light them up, and then it's going to be like, he's the next thing. And yep. Sure enough. He was playing for the Raiders at the time. I bet you I can even find the game and figure out what the stat line was, but it was depressing because you could see it coming from a mile away. And so anyhow, let's, uh, let's blow over the negativity of worst team in the league and talk about, let's see uh, MVP candidates. We'll probably end up having a show to this topic on itself as the season gets closer, but I want to know what you guys are thinking. Um, I'll start with you, Jason. If you want to put a 
put a finger on who you think will win MVP or at least give us some candidates, maybe two or three. Who do you put your money on if you were if you were gambling? Well, the MVP race is going to come down to my top three quarterbacks from a few show, shows back, right? I mean, I'm going to go with Allen, Mahomes, and uh, Russell Wilson. Um, I'm going to give the edge, though, to, to Russell Wilson. Um, I think that, oh my God, I think that this is going to be a great, great season for him. And if he, if he can do what I predicted he will do, then there is no doubt in my mind, MVP trophy will be his for And that will make his first ever. As a matter of fact, that'll be the first time he's even ever been in consideration for one. Mm -hmm. He's never been in consideration for one. That's hard for me to believe, but you know, um, I think this year, um, with uh, with the pieces they have in place and the coach they have, I think it's I think it's happening. All right. So on that Rick Meyer game, <clears throat> evidently my my history is incorrect. <clears throat> Here's the deal. So the Raiders were two and seven playing the six and three Vikings, and the Raiders won twenty eight to eighteen. Meyer didn't have a great two hundred passing yards, no touchdowns, no picks. However, um, I remember it thinking like the season was starting to go down the drain for the Vikings. So that's where my, my Meyer dread comes from. All right. That's Jason's MVP candidates. Cody, give me your MVP or a big three. Uh, as a Homer, I'm going with Kirk playing lights out with O'Connell as he quickly sends to the top of the league as offensive mine. Of course, if I can't be a Homer and was a realist instead, it would have to be Matthew Stafford with another year at McBay. Uh, I can't see them taking a step backwards, especially with their running game, maybe getting some more consistent contributors. Uh, but my sneaky play um, would be Trey Lance for sure. I what? think with, yeah, I think oh, that if he goes over there and they they punch the Rams in the mouth and maybe finish first in the NFC West on, on the, I think that they're going to be a top defense once again. And if he takes the league by storm, it wasn't that long ago that Patrick Mahomes, if I would have said Patrick Mahomes on this list, that you would have gave the same reaction. And then he went out there and won MVP, yeah, MVP that season. Uh, but I'm comfortable putting money on all three to win MVP, uh, which is interesting because we always hear about how loaded the AFC is and all the talent they have. So, I mean, I definitely do think Kirk Cousins, if he if he beats the narrative and makes every, somehow – convinces everybody he is not who they think he is by the second half of that season. And we're sitting pretty with like two losses. He definitely has a chance. Uh, I think it's more geared towards if it's not Tom Brady, then it's going to be geared towards someone surprising a bunch of people and doing it consistently. All right, Wes, I think the the Vegas front runner is Josh Allen because it feels like he's just like a whisker away from winning it. If Rogers can ever stop and then, um, yeah, and then after that, it's just a huge quarterback hodgepodge. Um, you, you can start throwing out the names like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Rodgers again, Brady. Um, but who do you got? Uh, just to piggyback really quick on what <laughs> Cody said, um, Kirk Cousins could go out and have the best season statistically of any quarterback in NFL history. And they'd give the award to Justin Jefferson because the media <laughs> and the fan base. We'll take after, it. Well, not the fan base, but yeah. the, the media and, and NFL fans absolutely despise the man. Uh, Jefferson will probably be the primary benefactor of, uh, of those statistics. So uh, hence that award with, would wind up with uh, Jefferson 
I yeah, it would be Kirk that loses it to his receiver. <laughs> the, was yes. that like the first time that's happened, or has it happened in a obnoxious <laughs> amount of years? No, no wide receivers never ever won the MVP. <laughs> um, my MVP is the the Vegas favorite, Josh Allen. Um, he's made the ascension, climbed the ladder each year. Um, just seems to be getting better and better. And uh, I think MVP is the the next step. Uh, it will have to um, come with a, a victory over Kansas City. He, he's got to get that monkey off his back. But I, I think that he'll be able to do that this year um, if they are to meet in the playoffs. And, um, yeah, I, I just think this year is – set up for Josh Allen. His division's not that tough. Um I, I do like Miami. I, I you know New England's always going to be New England and the the Jets are up and coming, but they just stomped through that division last year. So I I, I foresee them doing so uh, doing so similarly this year. I'm surprised he didn't put Tua with how much you've been talking him up this summer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I dropped a few kernels on him now. Now you know that that <laughs> goes into the safe. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. So I think my safe answer is that I believe the NFL MVP will come from the AFC West. Um, I think I somewhat notoriously pick Mahomes for everything in this realm. So I'm going to go with Mahomes as my prediction. Um, but between Wilson to Jason's credit and then Justin Herbert entering year three, always a big year for a quarterback. I think it's a safe bet. If you somehow could bet on the division that the guy will come from the AFC West um, to, uh, to Wes's idea on Allen fulfilling the vision of the odds makers is a thing that's so strange is that, you know, you want Allen to finally break on through, but he's going against Mahomes, who hasn't even entered his prime yet. So that just tells me we're going to have wars for, like, Manning and Brady-type wars for 10 to 12 years. And it's just, it's salivating because uh, in all, in, unless something goes haywire with a head coach being no good or something, those guys are always going to be in the mix. And then in some divisional round or AFC championship, they're so young that this can go on forever. Yeah, and then you know, with Bur- with uh, Herbert and Burrow, and you know, gosh, you got to throw Wilson, and there's so many good quarterbacks that it's kind of reminiscent of like the late '80s, early '90s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're talking Marino and Kelly and Elway and Montana and Steve Young, and there's just it's it's exciting. Yeah, and to your credit, with the AFC West point, I mean. That's a good bet to make because you think Derek Carr wins that division. He's got to win an award. And you got Justin Herbert. Everybody's ready to shrine him as the next great uh, quarterback, the next Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. Josh or Pat Mahomes, if he goes and has a career year without Tyreek Hill, you got to think that he might get it again. And I also want to put some respect on Zach Wilson's name. I kept almost thinking you meant Zach Wilson when you said Wilson, of course. Oh yeah, Zach no. Wilson. He is. That's something you would. He's a real deal. <laughs> well, hey, yeah, you never no. know. Just like no, we said I, with those first year quarterback or the second year quarterbacks. Yeah, the problem Storm that I have. The, pro- the, problem, <laughs> the problem that I have 
isn't uh, isn't Wilson or Fields or Lance or all of your off the wall or even even West Tua is like, can we really have a league where like eighteen guys are fabulous like a quarterback? It, I, I don't oh, know, to, to me, it seems like there's there's always going to be. 10 dudes that you're like, holy shit, they get the ball back in two minutes, you're screwed. And then the rest are all going to be eternally on a quest to be that guy. And yeah, so and this... if, we, if we start saying, well, Wilson's next big thing, and so is Fields, and then Tua, and don't forget about Lance, it's like not everybody can be a phenomenal quarterback. Yeah, and don't forget about the different. classes coming up either. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at this time of the year, I, I get I get yeah. crazy about all the potentials. I mean, a couple of days ago, it was Zach Wilson. I'm like, man, he's going to be great this year. And then I got into deep Twitter space on Mac Jones and how everybody's <laughs> complimenting him. I'm like, Oh, Mac Jones is going to be so good. And then they're saying Trevor Lawrence is still with the best rookie quarterback at the line of scrimmage. And it's like, Oh, urban Meyer's gone. But like you said, you can't have that many fabulous quarterbacks. Yeah. Because if you did, then you're changing 60 to 90 years worth of football that every team, 20 teams have a top 10 quarterback. And I just don't think that it's been humans have changed in that time frame. And well, then but you'd also have to have good top tier coaching on all those teams mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Cause just think how many quarterbacks came out and because of bad coaching are no longer in the league and they just fizzle out. I mean, we, we can't really pinpoint the busts to just the quarterbacks alone. Yeah. And at what point do we run out of landing spots? Because you talk about even if there are that many quarterbacks with that much potential, you got maybe six more of the first round talent next year. How many more people we get to retire? I mean, Big Ben's already out. Manning is out. I mean, there was a point where it was like the old guard was still playing, but they're almost all gone, save Tom Brady still. Yeah. And <laughs> Rodgers, but yeah. Yeah. And Rodgers. And that's like what, what other ones are left? Matt Ryan, maybe. And it's still not very many landing spots. Yeah. And I just can... to play. Oh, sorry. Nope. Uh, just play devil's advocate to uh, you guys on the AFC West quarterbacks and whoever emerges could be the MVP. Uh, who won the last two MVPs? Aaron. Aaron, right. And how was that the division that the Packers played in? It, it was mildly competitive, right? Yeah. Um, not compared to the, the AFC West, you're correct. Exactly. And just me looking at that, that's what led me to uh, Josh Allen. Um, I, I think the competitiveness in uh, both the NFC West and the AFC West is going to kind of keep those quarterbacks. They'll be in the mix for MVP, but I, I don't think they'll be able to elevate to a point where they can stand above um the rest. Yeah, they might not be willing to give it to a team that or a quarterback that has eight, nine, ten wins. Cause once you get that many good teams, oh, yeah. you're all kind of around of each other. Yeah, they won't do that. There's no way they'll do that. It's all about quarterback wins. Um, so yeah, on the on the idea of well, maybe we'll start having 20 to 25 damn good quarterbacks. Um, what's happening right now is we're trapped in a June discussion about football. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and every quarter, every quarterback has an upside because that you know, you're thinking of the positivity of the unknown. And the only, and the only reason you shit on one of them is because you don't like that, that team. But the fact of the matter is between Tua, Lance, Lawrence fields, like one of them will probably be a top 10 guy and the rest will laugh about in three years. And that's just the way it is. Unless humans have changed recently. That's um, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I was thinking about that when we put together our list of top 15 and, and, 
and you know, given the right situation, there, there's 15 guys that are that can command a ship, and mm-hmm. and and I and I and I and I feel, I've thought about this situation a lot more that the landing spots are kind of dwindling away because it's easier to pinpoint the handful of teams that you just know don't have the quarterback than it is to to maybe convince yourself into why they may. Um, you know, we've watched, in, as a Bronco fan, watched about nine or ten of those guys over the last six years, and they were just god-awful. And you know that those guys aren't it. But, you know, I could even – I found myself convincing myself that that Drew could do it or that Teddy could do it. And you, as a fan, you want to be able to convince yourself. So if you get a guy like some of those guys that were in our – you know, from the 10 to 15 mark in our, in some of our lists the other day, mm-hmm. it certainly isn't hard to convince yourself that one of those guys can do it. No, because, but because uh, otherwise you're stuck in that situation with Ridgewater or as a fan of that team, where the only thing you can do to inspire hope, get excited is to dream about the Nick Foles season, the Trent Dilfer season, because that's all that there is. And yeah. that's, that's why a quarterback has become such a premium spot is because at least with the top 15 guy, you're going to have a puncher's chance and to get into the postseason. Otherwise, if you have a Bridgewater or Locke, you're hoping for a Von Miller led defense. That's terrible. Like just fabulous and takes you to Super Bowl. And those are outliers rather than the norm. Exactly. And on uh, the other side of that, did you could have a guy like, like a Stafford being just trapped in Detroit mm-hmm. or even Matt Ryan in Atlanta with the exception of a Super Bowl year. I yeah. mean, they haven't really, you know, I mean, as a fan of, of that team, you have to be asking yourself, Jesus, this guy is good, but what now? Yeah. And yeah, it's ugh. all right. Let's finish up on this uh, final footnote topic. Cody, I'm going to ask you this uh, per defensive efficiency, the, the Ben Baldwin website, the Carolina Panthers were the NFL seventh best defense in the world last year. And uh, I thought that they remained afloat because of defense last year. Well, today I was browsing the internet and uh, some dude on Bleacher Report ranked the five worst defenses heading into the 2022 season. Wouldn't you know it? The Panthers are on it. So what has happened since January or December that all of a sudden the Panthers are forecasted to have a shitty defense? Do you know? Uh, I actually just uh, watched a deep dive on the Panthers and I got a I'm of course you question did. on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of crushing on their uh, their roster. Actually, they really invested in their defense these past couple drafts. I think last year it could have fooled people. Um, their their strength of schedule is 26 in the league, and they're just beating up on people like the Jets, the Texans, the Saints. Whenever they weren't with it, um, but uh, I think their defense has a lot of talent. Uh, that whoever you were looking at today uh, was probably maybe even being a little bit lazy. Because, I mean, their corn, their secondary is amazing, and they've had a free safety problem forever. Our free safety, Xavier Woods, went over there. Uh, he's in a combined with Jeremy Chen. That probably gives you a top five safety duo right there. You got J.C. Horn, the number eight overall pick last year, coming in at corner. You got Shaq Thompson, who's great. The only real weakness they even have on defense would be um, their first round, second round pick a couple years ago. It's like a... Uh, Gamer Matos Gratos or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for some reason, he hasn't even gotten on the field. But if that guy shows any glimpses, Carolina could have a strong defense again and once again, probably be a quarterback away. 
Yeah, that's why I put this topic on the uh, remainder of the show here, because I've looked at it and I can't figure it out. And yeah, I'd be fine with their defense. Yeah, personally. so, so uh, let's see here. I got the article here. Ranking worst defenses in NFL, Ian Wharton. Five, <laughs> Carolina Panthers, fifth worst. Four, Detroit Lions. Three, Chicago Bears. Two, Houston Texans. One, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, so, Seahawks easily take that fifth spot right there. Yeah. All right, Wes, uh, take us off air on the why. Any, any, anything we're missing? Yeah, um, and I took this from... Uh, ESPN article, but uh, they're saying uh, they lost Hassan Reddick, who okay, um, was able to pressure the quarterback 44 times last year. Um, Uter Gross Matos, who Cody mentioned, is next in line, uh, but to this point, he's been underwhelming so far. Um, also, I, I think quarterback will play a big role in in this as well um the the questions at quarterback um especially if uh darnold can't sustain sustain drives the defense will be on the field a bunch uh, they have a young defense too uh they have really nice young pieces that i like i, I really like their secondary um but i i think with the youth uh, this team will have, you know, its fair share of growing pains. Okay. Well, we'll have to see on the Panthers. I always, just like that Josh Allen speech a little while ago, there was at this time last year, Bleach Report had an article about every team's biggest weakness. And for the Vikings, they said run defense. And we were like, Michael Pierce and Dalvin Thompson are middle of that line. Are you nuts? And sure enough, that was arguably one of the biggest, probably the biggest weakness besides situational defensive collapses. So, all right, gentlemen, well, it was good to be back in the saddle. We'll be back next week. If you guys got some topics or some rankings you want to do, fire them in the group chat and we'll get all set up for next Wednesday. Sweet. All right, guys. Take it easy. Good for Yeah, you do mas penso bem no que digo Treinei, consigo conter opiniões Fingir sorrisos, não sou cínico Só guardo tudo cá dentro Fiz uma barreira de cimento Entre a expressão e o pensamento Achas que isso me incomoda? Não tanto como esta gente Que me deixava enfervescente A cada atitude de mente Já não consigo Thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host By subscribing to the show And giving us a 5 star rating On your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.